comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hey guys, out now is a film podcast where <laughs> Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a retro review that has to do with the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. Before I continue on, I'm going to say I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I just want to say that. And to anyone that happens to be listening to this that's not from America, that very small contingent that we might have, um, yes, America does like to continue to try and be fat by stuffing themselves every year with Thanksgiving meals. So that's how we roll. And anyway, moving on. This week's episode, episode 36, we're going to talk about the Muppets. It's going to be like a yay, yay or something. Yeah, there we go. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, all of that. And uh, yeah, The Muppets and uh, possibly we're going to talk a little, bit about, a little bit about Hugo. Abe and I saw Hugo in the Martin Scorsese movie, so we might get into that a little bit. But yeah, Out Now is brought to you by the Half Hour Wasted Legion of Dudes Podcast Network. And joining us tonight to just be here with us with the smiles and everything that you get with The Muppets, we have writer for Fast Film Reviews, Mark Hoban. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And we have writer for Unemployed Matt and Boshi's Oversized Pillow, Matt Dunbar. Hey, everybody. How are, how are you guys doing? Good. Really good. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy I just saw the Muppet movie, so I'm in a good mood. Of course. You still have that smile just plastered on your face, so who wouldn't be happy? Uh, well, I guess we'll talk about that later. Anyway, a um, few announcements. Uh, last week on our, our our very obscure episode involving all the indie movies that have come out in the past few weeks or so, uh, I announced a contest, a Thanksgiving week contest. It's not Thanksgiving anymore, but the contest is still going. Basically, it's incredibly simple, but all you have to do, and this counts to nobody that's been a guest on the podcast, sorry, but all you have to do is put a picture of your favorite Muppet on our Facebook page wall, as well as list your favorite independent or limited release film of this year, if you don't have one from this year than last year. So, that's still open. First three people that do that, they'll get something. I'm going to send them something. It's going to be something crazy. It's going to be something free. That's, I mean, that's amazing right there, right, Abe? A punch in the face? Is that what you're going to send them? <laughs> Abe, crazy and free? Abe, I have very small hands. I am like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I can't punch anybody. <laughs> but so, the, the, I, I assure you, something pretty cool will be sent in the mail. That'll be cool. very simple. All you, all you have to do, put a picture of a Muppet in your favorite limited release art house film thing. So, there you go. First three people. Still going. 
Anyway, let's let's move on now. Let's go. Let's get out of this. Let's go. Let's go and know everybody. Where we ask each other a few questions that kind of set the tone for this this special episode of the the podcast for the night. So let's start it off with Matt. Okay. Um, so I'll ask my question to Mark. Actually, Mark, what was your favorite cameo in uh, the Muppet movie? I would say, uh, you know, he was in it quite a bit, but I, I like Jack Black. I thought he was very funny. I agree. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm going to ask my question of Abe. Mm-hmm. Dark Crystal or Labyrinth? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I like that one a lot. Yeah, but yeah Jim Henson and uh, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. But it was a cool story. It's a, it's a great story, and uh, it's very kid-friendly, but it has Is it kid-friendly, thrills Abe? in it, too. Is it kid-friendly? It's got... I got some thrills. I'll but. say this: I recently got to see Labyrinth. Like, what well, was recently? A couple years ago, they put Labyrinth on the big screen, and I, I managed to catch it. And they got to a point where it has like the uh, those birds, like the fire, like there's like these birds that are like like throwing their heads around and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen the Labyrinth in the longest time, but I feel like like a suppressed nightmare memory just came back to my mind when I watched that scene. Where I'm like, I feel like I saw this as a child and was terrified and like blocked this out of my mind because it just like everything seemed to like <laughs> rush back to me all of a sudden. I'm like, what's going on here? Why am I like sweating in my seat now from this scene? That's just me. I don't know. Something feel I felt like I was being terrified by something from my past by watching that scene. <laughs> That and David Bowie's giant cod piece, but that's a different story. <laughs> Labyrinth also has a very early appearance from uh, Jennifer Connelly, too. Yes, yeah. very, a very attractive Jennifer Connelly. Cool. All right, uh, Aaron. Yo. Who is a better companion, Wafflebot or 80s bot? That's, that's, damn, that's pretty good, Abe. You got me. I'm going to probably have Thanks. to go, I'm going to probably have to go with Wafflebot. <laughs> Wafflebot, I mean, I did, yeah, Wafflebot. 80s, 80s robot didn't save you from Russian gangsters the way Wafflebot probably would. So that's noted. Okay. And as you know, as much as as much as there's a comparative difference between those two films that we're referring to, Wafflebot still probably cinches it for me. Okay. Good question though. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, indeed. Okay, Matt. Happy. Matt. Yeah. We've seen the Muppets go to space. We've seen them take on Treasure <laughs> Island. We've seen them escape <laughs> Great Capers, and we've seen them sing Christmas carols. What should be next for the Muppets? Ooh. Good question, Aaron. Let's see. I'd like to see, like, a noir Muppets. Ooh. Like, some type of murder mystery. The Maltese Hermits. Um, yeah, something <laughs> like those lives. Um, I, that would interest me greatly. Although I might be the only person who would go to see that. I'd go uh, see it. Me and, me and Abe would be the only person. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Gonzo like, always rings twice. See, yeah, yes, I'm exactly. pounding my skull right now of just thinking of different ideas for this noir Muppet tale. This would be amazing. I like this idea, man. I'm, I'm writing the script right now. I'm a producer. <laughs> it's done. It's I, a done deal. Yeah, I'm literally typing this right now. I, I'm getting it. I got it in there. Okay. <laughs> okay, this question is for Abe. <laughs> in in some type of steel cage death match, who would win? The characters from the Muppets or the Sesame Street characters? I'd have to go with the Muppets, mostly just because there's uh, that segment in the in the Muppets movie where you know they meet their almost their alter egos. The and those guys look pretty tough. The the Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> so if they ganged up together, it, it'd almost be like it'd almost be like a news station battle, like an Anchorman. But I, I think that the Muppets would come out on top. Yeah, I'd have. Although to. Big Bird's pretty f- big. I was gonna and say no, Big, got, big Bird has reach, guys. but yeah, they also got the assessment. Uh, Sesame Street's got the Mr. Snuffleupagus. He's pretty big too. But he's yeah. imaginary. 
That's true. But I think they, that's, but it, they fixed that. I think they do see him now. The Muppets oh, did okay. have some pretty big people on their side, too. But uh, let's not forget, the Muppets have Animal, and we know that uh, the great Gonzo, has he's, he's scrappy. So. <laughs> the, the Muppets had that really big blue creature that shows up in that one scene yeah. where yeah. they're all standing there. And I didn't even understand, where did he come from? But all of a sudden, there's this big blue, large that's the, that's the there cla- in the corner. That's the classic Muppet non sequitur right there. That's what he- Right. Wrote, I don't. I don't. Even, I've car. seen that guy. I've seen that guy before, but I don't know what his name is or or who he is or anything. But I, I remember him. I think from the actual Muppet Show. But I. Show. Yeah. But yeah. he. It's not like he's ever in like a sketch or anything. I, I don't remember him being. There. He's good window dressing. Um, Matt, right back at you. Which Muppet character do you think best represents your personality? Ooh. All right. So, in all honesty. Probably Stiggy. Uh, huh? Nothing. Go on. <laughs> well, I want to be Animal more than anything. Like he's my favorite <laughs> Muppet, Muppet character. Uh-huh. But in all honesty, probably Fozzie Bear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can the, see way, it. the way my jokes land in certain clubs, probably Fozzie Bear. And because uh, you're like cool. a broken down hobo. Yes, and because I live outside <laughs> and have for most of my life. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron. So, just simple question: Who's your Who's your favorite Muppet? Rolf. 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 Yep. He's been my yeah. favorite Muppet, and I was happy to see his return in the Muppet movie. I know after Jim's Jim Henson's death, because he voiced Rolf out of respect, they uh, they kind of stopped using his character, but um, I guess they felt it was time that they could bring Rolf back, and they did. And he has, he doesn't have much to do in the new movie, but he has one great, you know, little little scene. He's, he gets his little, <laughs> he gets a little right. time to shine, and I was really happy with that. <laughs> So. Rolf is also one of the best characters in Muppet Babies, which is yes. very under cartoon. The the second I finished my review for writing the Muppets, I just I went to YouTube for Muppet Babies because I watched that show when I was a kid. I watched Muppet Babies, and I was just watching the theme song over and over and over again on YouTube, which I'll probably include in the show notes now that I've mentioned that. So I'll do that right now, Muppet Babies. <laughs> uh, okay, Mark, is there a particular film character that just makes you smile always? Anytime you think of them or just see them somewhere, you're just like, oh, that makes me smile. Well, if- I mean, I like uh, like a lot of old films. I like Audrey Hepburn, and she always, like, in the movie Roman Holiday, that's kind of a, a very sweet, kind of innocent picture. That kind of makes me smile. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's really what you're getting at. Are you looking for, like, a character or, like, more of a like a fictional kind of thing? Just whatever answer you came up with. You came up with Audrey Hepburn. That's not a bad answer at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She always makes me smile. She seems like goodness personified to me yeah there you go i was worried you're gonna say medea but you know that's fine <laughs> yeah well i was also thinking about kirsten dunst and uh, melancholia she <laughs> all right so enough <laughs> enough of that let's move on as we do to uh, movie trailer talk where we discuss a couple of the latest movie trailers and uh yeah the first trailer i want to bring up is brave the uh, new pixar film that's coming out next june which is uh, Pixar. I think we talked about it a little bit before, but this time we have a full-length trailer that we can sink into a little bit. Uh, it's the story of Princess Merida. Merida. Merida? Merida? Mm. One of those. Ginger. It's set in Scotland. It has a, <laughs> a, a ginger. Princess <laughs> <laughs> Ginger. Yeah, okay. Braves the story of Princess Merida. Princess Ginger. <laughs> 
Brave is the story of Princess Merida, who is uh, basically a Scottish princess, and uh, it's basically, it looks like a hero's journey type tale, and this is, I guess, notable that it's Pixar's first kind of, uh, has a strong female lead as the, as, the, as the lead character, and, you know, it's set in ancient Scotland, so, you know, we'll see maybe some fun and life lessons and whatnot will be learned, but, uh, Mark, what did you think of the, the new Brave trailer? It looks great. I, I really pretty much like everything that Pixar has done. Uh, everything is always really high quality. Um, one of the things I was kind of struck with in the trailer was just the the richness of the hair, like how red and flowing. And yeah. you know, I mean, the, the animation is always great in Pixar. So I mean, I I'm never really they always seem to to bring it when it when it comes to that sort of thing. And and that's sort of I mean I guess it's supposed to sort of remind you a little bit of like Braveheart to that kind of a, a story, which also is not a bad thing. So you know I like it. And, um, the fact that this is the first female heroine is kind of an interesting twist to the, for Pixar. That's not something they've done before. So, you know, I mean, all signs, I think, point to this being something that I'm going to enjoy. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody kind of inherently trusts what Pixar is, is whatever they're going to throw out. So I'm, you know, I, the subject of this movie doesn't kind of inherently interest me as much as, um, some other like I remember seeing the trailer for The Incredibles and knowing this is going to be pretty good and I'm I really want to see this. Um, but yeah, I think the trailer looks good. Um, I am a little confused about what what the villain is or what the, the antagonist is in it from the trailer. I mean, if it's just a bear, I, I know it can't just be a bear, but it just looks like it's a bear, and I don't I don't want him to kill a bear. <laughs> so uh, that was the only thing. That's the only part of the trailer I was like, eh. But other than that, yeah, I agree with Mark completely. It looks it looks good, and I do like the fact that they actually have a a, a strong female protagonist that really is the main character in in the movie. Yeah, I would say. Um, well, one thing I, I think Pixar Pixar tends to be very good with their trailers. They don't tend to reveal a lot of things. So yeah, I'm pretty certain that there's more than just you know a big bad bear as as the villain yeah. of the film. I'm sure there's a lot more going on because I remember I remember like things like Wally where you just you really didn't know what was going to happen in that movie until you actually, you know, finally saw it. But and among the other, you know, Pixar movies that have come out, you don't really know quite the plot, especially this early on. Before you know, when it gets closer to it, I'm sure there'll be trailers that are more revealing about what the yeah, the whole story is. But yeah, overall, I was yeah, I'm excited about about Brave. I uh, after Cars two, which I did enjoy more than many did, especially especially since I wasn't planning on really enjoying it. But uh, this certainly looks like a more ambitious project to take on opposed to a sequel to cars so uh, I'm, at, I'm i'm looking forward to seeing what pixar will bring next year Abe? uh yeah uh, the trailer didn't really give away too much but just to go on your wally thing um i really wasn't expecting too much from wally but i was pretty well entertained with with wally so um i'm not too sure but i think i'm gonna be comparing this one a lot to uh, how to train your dragon so we'll see how that goes um but i'm excited for it it's a pixar movie and i always enjoy pixar films yeah, I can real quick run through some of the, the voice cast. I got Kelly McDonald as the lead, Princess Mar- Marita. Uh, Kevin McKidd, who was in, I guess is on Grey's Anatomy now, but I'll always know him from Rome. Uh, Emma Thompson, Robbie Coltrane, Julie Walters, Billy Connolly, Craig Ferguson. So yeah, you basically, you're running the gamut on Scottish actors and, you know, English people that have nice voices to put to characters in Pixar movies. So, but uh, yeah, Brave comes out June 22nd, 2012. And uh, the next trailer... I'm going to move on to is Paranorman. 
Let's see. Uh, in the actual trailer, there's no real dialogue from it, but this brief synopsis I can read here is a misunderstood boy who can speak with with the dead takes on ghosts, zombies, and grown-ups to save his town from a centuries-old curse. It's a stop animation film, and it's from the producers that brought us uh, Coraline. And uh, yeah, I'll let Abe start off with it. I'm really excited for this movie. Uh, I was a big fan of Coraline, um, and I liked how it was. It was darker, but it was there were still some elements of uh, some witty elements about it. Um, you know, strong performances from all the voice cast, and I just really liked the storyline. So I'm really excited for for Paranorman. There's no audio, or I guess there's no talking in the actual trailer. It's actually just a bunch of songs or one songs, but um, yeah, I'm excited for what's going to happen. Yeah, I I really liked the trailer. I thought the trailer was incredible, incredibly well done, like a la some of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trailers um, early on, some of the teaser trailers there. Uh, in terms of the actual movie, so uh, Neil Gaiman is not part of this, right? Uh, no, he's not. I don't think so. No, he's not. It's the yeah. other guy. Uh, Henry Selick, um, he's also not, he's not a, um, he's not, he's not a director, he's like, he didn't, like, uh, to clarify, uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, he uh, wrote the original story that Coraline was based on, was heavily involved in that film, Henry Selick, the, Henry Selick was the director of um, Nightmare Before Christmas and, and Coraline, and uh, he's not involved directly in this film, but it's from his, the same production company that was involved in Coraline. Yeah. But without without the Neil Gaiman uh, implicit stamp of approval, um, I, I'm not I'm not sure if I would uh, go out and see this movie. I'm not typically a huge fan of, of children's movies, but the trailer was very effective in making me interested in it. Yeah, I think it it looks good. Um, the uh, Coraline was actually something that was one of my favorite films the the year uh, it came out, and uh, I always like children's movies that have a sort of an undercurrent of darkness to them. Like I've always liked the original uh, Willy, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, th- things like that, um, that sort of seem like a children's film, but then have sort of a sort of an evil undercurrent. And this sort of seems to have that, at least from the trailer. Um, there's also uh, something that I noticed. Oh, in the trailer, there's a, a scene where there's a, a teddy bear and then like a, it looks like a whole bunch of bugs kind of fly out of it. And that kind of reminded me a little bit of a nightmare before christmas where they had that big sort of ghost creature and all the bugs that were inside it and boogie i thought it was kind of a what's that boogie boogie man yeah the, the boogeyman guy um it's so it sort of reminded me of that a little bit which is it kind of i mean it's obviously repeating the same idea but i love that film as well so i sort of like the tone that it had so i'm, I'm interested in, in seeing it yeah i i i'm right there with you i i um I really enjoyed this trailer. The use of like Se- season of the witch was a uh, was was quite effective, and I really I really love stop animation films. Those are those are films that I really get behind just because I love I, I can really admire just kind of the handcrafted nature of those type films. But uh, yeah, uh, upon seeing just like the poster and like reading the name Paranorman, I was like, oh, that's something I guess. Nothing really that interested me, but the trailer just really wowed me. I was really surprised at how interested I was based off how well. It, that trailer was done so good. Good job, trailer editors, for getting me interested in this movie. Whether or not the movie will be good, I'll, you know, we'll find out next August, apparently. But uh, certainly has me intrigued, so I'm curious to see where it goes from there. And uh, yeah, Paranorman opens August 17th, 2012. So hopefully, right in time for The Expendables 2, I'll be able to see Paranorman right afterwards. So. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, move on to our main review of uh, The Muppets. 
trying to get the old gang back together again. We haven't done this in a long time. Your fans never left you? The world hasn't forgotten? Sure, it's impossible, but we've got to try. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets. Yes! Come on, guys, let's go! Wow. I can't believe we're all back together. Yeah! Sorry. I was super excited. The Muppets have always been about artistic integrity, not cheap tricks. Check it out. Fart shoes! This is going to be a really short movie. What's that over there? The what? Hiya! Ow. Ow. Throw me over. I think that's an electric fence. It's an electric fence? Yep. Okay, so uh, that was a little bit of the Muppets trailer. <laughs> Yeah, The Muppets is their first Muppet movie in over 10 years, and um, it stars uh, Jason Siegel and Walter, the newest Muppet, as uh, brothers. They come from small town USA, where um, they're both huge Muppets fans. They've grown up together, of course, because they're brothers. Why wouldn't they be? They're just a man and a Muppet. And um, Gary is, uh, well, he, he and his longtime girlfriend, played by Amy Adams, are going out on their anniversary to Los Angeles, and they decide to bring Walter along so he can visit the Muppet Studio, since he's the biggest Muppet fan of them all. And upon arriving in L.A., um, Walter finds that the Muppet studio has been basically deserted, and an, e an evil oil baron named Tex Richmond, played by Chris Cooper, is apparently uh, intent on buying the, the uh, Muppet studio and drilling under it for oil, as you would. Because of this, Walter and Gary and Mary, uh, they all team up to reunite the Muppets. So they visit Kermit's giant mansion and convince him, hey, we got to get the Muppets back together, and that's where they go from there to... Hopefully, get the uh, get the old gang back together and put on a great show to raise enough money to save Muppet Studios. So, um, yeah, let's get to Matt first. Matt, what did you think of the Muppets? I, I loved it. This is probably going to be on my top ten list for the year. Actually, I thought it was in incredibly well done. Uh, somehow, Jason Siegel was he got the tone perfectly right for what this movie needed to be, which was tongue in cheek. All the Muppets movies are tongue-in-cheek which is part of you know what makes the franchise so appealing but this specifically the tone was just perfectly struck i loved most of the cameo the cameos weren't just cameos for the sake of cameos a lot of the cameos had a per like the alan arkin cameo hopefully i'm not <laughs> i won't ruin all the cameos i promise there are much better cameos than alan arkin in this movie the alan arkin cameo was really funny um god there were so many cameos uh, but yeah, I I really really liked it, and the the songs um, uh, by Brit from uh, Flight of the Concords. Almost all the songs seemed to. Um, there was never a moment where I was like, this song is completely out of place and is unnecessary, uh, with the exception of maybe the Amy Adams Miss Piggy. Uh, Party of One song, which was the only one that that really fell flat in the theater. I like that song. Me part? Uh, me part. The Me oh, Party yeah. one. It was kind of a disco song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like. Oh my, that's one of my favorites. Yes. Oh uh, really? Yes. Yeah, uh, that was the only one in the theater that just got absolutely no response whatsoever. Um, but the music was great. Siegel was great. Amy Adams was great. I I highly highly recommend it. One of my favorite movies of the year. Mark. Um. Yeah. I I absolutely 
adored this movie. I I'm a big fan of the Muppets already, and uh, you know they've they've had quite a few films throughout the years of varying degrees of quality. And the the best has always been the Muppet movie, the one that came out in 1979, and that's always been the classic. But I think this movie actually it's blasphemy but i think this actually tops that film which is i never thought i would say that but one of the things i really liked about the film is it just it's back to basics it's just a simple narrative um and I, it's basically set up so that it the action just allows you to reunite all your favorite characters kind of find out what they've been doing in the last you know several years and then group them all together and then put on a performance much in the same way that they used to do on The Muppet Show. I mean, that's so brilliant. And it's so simple. You'd say, like, well, that's what The Muppet Show was. But that's obviously, I mean, I guess Jason Siegel and uh, Nicholas Stoller, who are the two that wrote the film, obviously must be fans of um, The Muppets because I think they, they took the strengths of what made them The Muppet Show great and then just sort of expanded that to a feature film. So I really thought they did a good job in, in setting up the about the, the plot. You you touched on the music. I, I think, you know, one of the things that they did in the old Muppet show was they would take like existing songs of the of the era and then kind of redo them in, in the Muppet way. And I'm not going to spoil what they do, but they take a couple songs, current songs, and redo them in the film. Those are absolutely hilarious. I mean, I was dying. Yes. And then um, the Barbershop Quartet. I mean, the song is yeah. almost <laughs> virtually unrecognizable, but it, it was hilarious. And then... Um, there's a couple of new, so several, quite a few new songs that they write. Uh, Brett McKenzie of uh, the Flight of the Concords, and uh, I thought Me Party was actually it's the one that Amy Adams and Miss Piggy sing. I think that was actually really funny. It was kind of a, and that's another thing. It's it's almost like the '70s because that song is very disco and, and very '70s. And then there's another one, uh, the the Man or Muppet song, yes. yeah, which is probably the highlight of the whole film for me. Yeah. That's also a very 70s kind of like Three Dog Night, Elton John kind of song. <laughs> so, I mean, it was brilliant. Everything about the film and it, you know, it, it, it's self-knowing and it's kind of sarcastic, but then it's also sweet and, and sensitive. So I don't know how, I'm a little shocked because Nicholas Stoller actually wrote and directed Get Him to the Greek. And I, after I actually didn't care for that film, but even if you like that film, who would have thought that that guy making that comedy would be able to take the Muppets and make it so, so sweet? And 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 then I mean I mean it's sarcastic too, but but never in a in a rude way. It's 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 very it's sensitive to the Muppets you know history. So no, I I, I thought it was great. Abe? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, a lot of the jokes were very tongue-in-cheek, especially even like Statler and Waldorf in the beginning. Oh, Sounds oh, like we're oh, rehearsing oh, a major oh. plot point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it was very tongue-in-cheek. They're very self-aware that they're making fun of themselves. Um, again, I agree with Matt very much. I enjoyed all the cameos. Um, Alan Arkin's cameo, and especially his close-up line where they, I forget what he says, but it, it says it so flat. It's hilarious. He's, oh, no, it was, he says it was, something they, incredibly they asked, Universal Studios, and he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that of, of the problems that I had with it, I, was, I think that it was just more of, uh, in terms of watchability, again, I don't know. I'd probably be like, you know, not a movie that I'd be super, super like, anxious to get on DVD or what have you. But, um, yeah, I mean, compared to Hugo, I, I really enjoyed Hugo. Uh, probably a lot more than, than the Muppets. We'll get to that soon. So, 
yeah, but overall, yeah, it was a fantastic film. Uh, a lot of laughs, um, great smiles, and yeah, that that number that they put on at the end, a lot of the jokes were just flat out great. I'm going to have to stop recording this and just go right back to the theater and watch it again because I just absolutely love this movie and talking about it just makes me want to go and see it immediately once more because it was absolutely... I, I don't often try to like put like all of myself into like one into like bent on seeing one movie just because I don't want to get overhyped about something, but I did for The Muppets and I was so happy to be rewarded so wonderfully because I just loved all of this movie. It's just nonstop just smiling throughout and just laughing and having so much fun and regardless if there's like better or best movies of the year this is certainly the most enjoyable movie that i'm gonna see this year hands down it's just so much fun there's so much care between like jason siegel nick stoller james bobbin the director who like was co-creator of the flight of the concords and Britt mckenzie who was in the flight of the concords and wrote some of the songs this movie all of them clearly just love the muppets so much that they know how to make this movie work they take all the the self-referential stuff the the silly gags the meta humor the cameos the just everything that like makes the Muppets just like fun to be around, it's present in this movie. It's just such a great return to form that, I mean, everything about it. It's just the songs are wonderful. The the way it's just everything comes together. The how nonsensical like the plot tends to be, but just doesn't matter because you're just having fun <laughs> with it. Chris Cooper just like deliciously evil as the evil rich oil baron who has a song they don't want to spoil, but just made me crack up. It just, <laughs> it's like the soundtrack I immediately bought right when I got home. I was just like dying from loving all these, all the things about this movie, but yeah, completely, completely love this movie. I love Walter, the newest Muppet. I love, I mean, yeah. it's always risky when you try to introduce a character like that into this world, but like uh-huh. they, they pulled that off. One thing I really enjoyed actually is that this movie very much is focused on the Muppets. It's called the Muppets for a reason, not because Jason Siegel and Amy Adams have a, majority of the story it's no they're actually more in the background if anything it's really a story about kermit and walter and uh the the other muppets Fozzie and his piggy and even animal has a fairly interesting arc in this film that i enjoyed like it's just everything about it i just i just really really admire this movie do you think that the any of the songs will get nominated for an academy award i i think that uh, at least a golden globe i'm sure but i would i wouldn't put it past the the academy awards to have one of the songs on the muppets because i'm very i'm very cynical about the academy awards in terms of um uh, the musical selections and the, there's definitely at least a couple songs in this film that are worthy of being nominated but I, I don't know I mean I always feel like the Academy Awards always seem to get it wrong in in the music categories they not always I, mean, I tend you know, to but, I tend to agree but you know I, I always go back to Triplets of Belleville when I heard that song and I'm like I, that was before I saw that movie it's like what is this movie because this song is amazing after all these sad songs that the Oscars put in and then the Triplets of Belleville song came on and I was like oh this is awesome so I'd love yeah, to see, when, uh, I'd love to see the Muppets get nominated for at least one of one of these songs. It's right. it's a Disney movie. They I, always I they, lo- so. they the Oscars love putting Disney movie songs in, into the Oscars. They had like three of them for what was it for what was it what was their movie? Well, they had Tangled last year. They had what Princess on the Rock before, but they always have like some. Yeah, for animated animated films, they they often get nominated. I mean, the Princess and the Frog got nominated for a bunch of, of songs, and I can't even name one of those songs now. But I, I'm also elated that it it did fairly well at the box office. Like, I'm really happy that people went out and saw this movie. Yeah, I'm I think they've marketed it well. I I. I yeah. I had the idea that this was going to be like I had very high expectations, like more, you know, I, I never in fact, I've never even seen Muppet Treasure Island or uh, 
uh, what's the other one? The Christmas Carol. Because I don't know, I just sort of had an idea that those are not really going to be something I'm going to enjoy. No, but those are, the way those are they... fun, Mark. You should go see those movies. Those are fantastic. They're fantastic. I like well, the Christmas okay. Carol one. So much fun. But, but see, this is the thing. But see, what I like about this film is it lets the Muppets be themselves. They're not playing parts in a story that's where they're pretending to be someone else. That's why I think this one seems more like a return to form because... Uh. You know, so I like that I, about. I it. agree. I agree in that respect. So, and, that I, to be fair, they are pretty muppety still in those other movies. I, 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 All right, I, I agree with what you have to say. I'm still saying you're missing out on not seeing those movies because they are funny. But that, <laughs> with that said, yes, I do like the fact that the Muppets in this movie—they're not only just like the Muppets; they're like the Muppets fully realizing that they that they've had a TV show and that they've had movies. Like they live in a world where where, where these things existed, which I found humorous. Where where would you? Where would you guys put in of the all the Mupp, all the films that the Muppets have done? Where would you put this current the Muppets? Where would you put that in terms of how much you like it? I put it right. In, I put in, it right in, up there with the, uh, the the first Muppets movie. I really love Muppet Treasure with the original. Yeah, I really like Muppet Treasure Island quite a bit actually. Like I don't know about like top three, but I I, I like that I like that movie quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I this this Muppets I I put right up there with with the Muppet movie. It's I'd have to I'd have to watch, right, watch the right. Muppet movie again just which is by no means a, a tough task for me to want to do. But I'd have to watch that again just to you know maybe have a more accurate. They have a, they have a good they have a good bad guy in this film too because in the original Muppet movie I'm, was it Charles Durning I believe that was the guy yes. that was kind of pursuing them. Yes, I believe. And yeah. I remember him being really good. It's been a long time since I saw the film, but I I remember him and Chris Cooper is good in this film and you. Mention that song that he sings it's really well written and and he has a pretty good voice i mean it, it's it's really well done i you mean you don't really is... see that one coming yeah it no. comes out yeah, of yeah, like, that's like the greatest it, like, thing really exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just that's, well, i mean the, the the script is so witty too exactly yeah the there, there's a part to kermit i won't you know kermit asks him a question and so then he answers he answers the question by singing this whole song yeah, <laughs> and then kermit's yeah. like you could have just told me yeah and hence you know yeah they're very self-aware of everything i, I really love the throwbacks to uh, stuff like wow we should just have like a montage of how to get everybody and also uh, I really love the part of what's the fastest way of travel oh I know it's by map by map yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking to myself that is exactly how they traveled like in Indiana Jones too yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh God! Yeah. You're mentioning these things. There's so many. Like I don't. I'm, I want to like mention like the jokes, but I, I won't. But it, they're really funny. There's, I mean, this is really well there's done. Even, like really small, like really kind of kind of small, like like social commentary going on here, where they like mention one of the reality shows that's on. It's called Punch Teacher. And it's just like little, like, there's, just, there's just like so many like. I, I was kind of like when I saw that I was like, oh no, that show's probably going to end up on the air now. <laughs> I love the Muppets. I love the concept of the Muppets that like Fozzie's hooked up with, like this like bad, like uh, tribute, like bad. In bad, Reno, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I love the yeah all the cameos like Jack. I mean everyone knows Jack Black's in this movie. He's he's basically a co-star in this movie. He's been not really a cameo, but yeah. he's like he's like really funny in this movie, which I was happy to see because I haven't seen Jack Black like sufficiently yeah. make me laugh in some time. Like uh, all right, it's just I like how they wrote that Jack Black part though. It's yes. it's written in such a way that it's it's not supposed to be funny, but it turns out being funny, and it's just fantastic the way that they wrote it, the way that. The audience members in the film, when they had the show at the end, react to it. Yeah, it's, it's like there's just so much laughter at itself. It was just well done, and you have to really give a lot of credit to uh, actually. The I think this is the film. best I've seen Jack Black since School of Rock. I, I'm trying to think of what else he's done, but uh, since then, but 
I, I think this is the funniest I've seen Jack Black since that movie. Well, we're, we're forgetting about Gulliver's Travels, but yes, I, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, in, in terms of live action, I, in terms of just making me laugh constantly in a live action film, because I'm not counting Kung Fu Panda, because those are different. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking through this right. Yeah, I. Probably, probably. Maybe Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre, he still made me laugh. I, I, but I, I'm no fan of Nacho Libre. Other than that, or <laughs> also the holiday was comedic gold for anyone who saw it. I'm still sticking with the School of Rock here. <laughs> That's the bad. Then again, if you... Well, oh, Abe, what about Margo at the wedding? I know you like that quite a bit. <laughs> no. That, I, think I remember you mentioned wrong. that was quite a laugh riot. Terms, was, in terms of him Adam. making me laugh, because I'm looking at movies now like Tropic Thunder, like he's... He's he's not the best part of Tropic Thunder. He's not the best part of uh no. of um uh, tenacious. I'm a tenacious D fan, but if not as funny as yeah, School of Rock maybe was mm. last time I really generally really loved seeing him in a movie. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, the music in this movie, the way the musical scenes are handled, very true to flight, of, <laughs> very true to Flight of the Concords in terms of it has people kind of yeah. dancing in like within like reality where people aren't quite acknowledging this fact but they are in a way where it's like you look at them and it just looks goofy on purpose like amy adams is clearly <laughs> amy adams is like clearly like not like she's um she's very much happy with making fun of herself in this movie and the way she's kind of uh emphasizing her her movements and her her singing and things like that and um yeah, just the way all the various elements of the musical numbers come alive. Also, very obvious that Jason Siegel can't dance. I think we can all agree on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like a bull. There's like a, maybe they just didn't give him that many dance moves to rehearse. They didn't give him that many dance moves. That's for sure. They uh, have like a whole musical troupe behind him, and they're all doing moves, and he's just kind of <laughs> shuffling his feet back and forth. <laughs> Some of those um those crowd scenes too. It reminded me of um like either uh, 500 Days of Summer, and then there's also Enchanted. They're, they also had these big production numbers, which I thought were really good, and I thought this was up to that level. They, they, they had some really good, I mean, in terms of the, the, the whole cast doing a song and dance number. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, this is my favorite Amy Adams role since uh, Cruel Intentions 2. So. <laughs> Wow, that's that's kind of harsh on Amy Adams. <laughs> I, I actually think Amy Adams is pretty good. I, I'm actually, I would say I'm a fan of her. I I like Amy Adams. Yeah, she has a she has you know that likability. Yeah, no, and that's precisely why she was cast in this. But like, she's so earnest and genuine. Even right. Even the casting is tongue in cheek in that way. Like, of course, Amy yes. Adams is playing Jason Siegel's girl, but it has to be Amy Adams. Do, do you guys think that this will draw in? a new generation of of Muppets fans would, because it was very satisfying for people who were already familiar with the franchise. That's what right? that's what seems like, like very debatable to people and I would like to say yeah. they can. Like I, I the theater I was in I, there were a lot, there were a lot of kids laughing in general there but there was like one kid in my vicinity who kind of got some of the more meta humor that was going on the jokes like uh, this is going to be a really short movie things like that where it's kind of acknowledging various aspects that are you know making was that kid scooter it was scooter wasn't it no it wasn't scooter scooter was petrified of everything <laughs> um <laughs> but no i yeah i i think th i think the the muppets do lend themselves to a new audience as well as you know the old not audience that's preying off the nostalgia of this whole this whole film and what it's giving off in my theater i would say most of the people laughing were the adults i didn't i i i, I mean I, I was like laughing probably more than anybody 
And then I, I noticed like there was a lot of parents that had brought their kids and they were laughing more than I noticed the kids laughing. But, you know, that's just, just what I observed. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that it would actually raise, you know, a new generation of kids that are really keen on the Muppets. I think it's kind of just one of those, oh, wow, yeah, my dad really likes the Muppets. Um, I don't really see what's going on with it, but I enjoyed the movie, you know, kind of, that's the kind of reaction I would think that it would pose. But in the future, maybe, if there was a couple, if there was actually the Muppets Noir one, I don't know, I mean, uh, <laughs> that might actually work out. But I don't think that it would actually create a, a huge uh, craving for more Muppets. So, yeah, just my opinion. You know, Enchanted was the movie I was thinking yeah. of that had like a bunch of song song nominations from Disney. That's, that's what I was and they, didn't they lose to like uh they lost to once actually so yeah to once yeah that was great yeah, yeah so. <laughs> not unjustly that's for sure <laughs> i i also liked how they made so earlier mark was talking about what the favorite or what the best muppet movie was of all, of all time but my favorite like muppet production is <laughs> the muppet show like the the actual Muppet show was brilliant yes. during its run. Yeah. So I, I, I liked how that was the the focus of the movie, was recreating the Muppet show. Um, and I highly recommend anybody, like, it's it's solid entertainment to go and get a Muppet show DVD. It's on DVD. It's on, it's, I believe it's on Netflix Watch Instantly, actually, as well. There, there's, oh, no way. I'm pretty sure. And Don't lie to me, Aaron. I'm not lying to you. I'm... Your fear is pounding. I'm making sure of this right now. <laughs> so I don't want to let Matt down. Okay, so it's not. But <laughs> but it could have been. <laughs> Matt, does this mean that you're cursing him again? I am. Yeah, you just constantly mislead me. Well, Fra- I, can, I can assure you that Fraggle, Fraggle Rock is on Washington's delete. So. Fraggle Rock. It's halfway there. Anyway, um, anything else okay. you want to talk about on the uh, the Muppets besides how much we just love, love, love every every everything about it? I can say Fozzie made me laugh a lot in this movie, just in general. <laughs> Even during that somber moment where they're walking out and he's got the fart shoes on now. <laughs> Fozzie had a lot of like key lines. <laughs> Because Fozzie's like, Fozzie's like that that like that loser Muppet that just like keeps trying with his jokes and everything, and like <laughs> he just kept having things that made you laugh. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think we've talked sufficiently about the Muppets. So let's let's do a let's do a rating where uh, instead of kind of giving like a number or like a thumbs up, even though we pretty much all give it a thumbs up, we kind of say when to see this movie, and the scale for that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, or just kind of forget about it. So uh, Mark, where would you put it on that scale? What was the highest rating? IMAX. Yeah, well, it's not an IMAX. It's not an IMAX, but it was. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say IMAX, and then I think you should pay, like, an extra $10 just because the movie deserves it. Like, you should tip <laughs> the movie on Oddly. It's worth it. So, an A++ in IMAX, 3D, $27 ticket. <laughs> Genuinely, I would put this at, at Dollar Theater. Just to say that you could, you should see it in the theaters, but I don't know if you have to like run out. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, it's a it's a theater style movie. But I think you can go for a dollar theater. Well, obviously, Abe doesn't like to be happy all the time, but yeah, I'm gonna say IMAX as well. But, yeah, I would just easily rush out. Well, I did rush out. I was kind of early, and I was like, okay, time to see the Muppets. So yeah, that's uh, that's our uh, review of the Muppets there, and. Um, 
yeah, we're actually going to try something new. We're going to actually start incorporating breaks in here. So we're going to kind of pause for a little bit and relax because we talk for hours and, and then come back after this with more. <laughs> favorite segment of the show, right, Abe? Uh, maybe. Yeah, okay, that was something. Uh, yeah, each week we go over the box office totals for the week and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere near what the actuality was, and, well, we'll, we'll find that out in a second. Uh, last week on the show, uh, Mark, do you remember what you predicted? Uh, did I say 70? Uh, 75, 75. Oh, I did? Uh, yep. I, I thought I said, I thought I said 42 actually you know sometimes you, you win some you lose them but uh, <laughs> adam said uh, adam gentry said 100 uh, gerard lowballed it with 12 um i said 80 and a do you recall your amazing prediction i decided to be cool and say 79.9 million and i'm pretty sure that i'm going to be wrong uh well i have actually you're at luck because mm-hmm. I don't believe you <laughs> you should okay really likes you yes yeah, no the puppets movie uh, of course, of course, um, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part One was still way too overwhelming. So um, yes, it, the breakening. The breakening, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know that's your joke, but <laughs> I just like callbacks. So uh, thank you for that one. The Muppets came in at second place of forty-two million, uh, right behind Twilight, which had another sixty-two million. And uh, wow. to be fair, there was like an orgy of family films that came out this weekend. Two words that go together: orgy and family films. And um, <laughs> Yeah, the Muppets, then Happy Feet 2, which is pretty much a disaster for Warner Brothers. It's like barely making money, yet cost a lot to make. Uh, Arthur Christmas and then Hugo came in in fifth place. So yeah, Muppets, $42 million. Certainly is still, you know, given that the movie didn't cost very much and uh, certainly been advertised and it will probably have legs given the overwhelmingly positive response to it thus far. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably going to be uh, making made a quite, made quite a bit of money over weeks to come. So there you have it. Now, um... Let's move on to a retro view. We kind of discuss a few movies that kind of reminded us of the main feature, and I think we're kind of all in the same place. But any, regardless, uh, Matt, were there any other movies that you thought of while watching The Muppets? Um, yeah, actually, I did think of Enchanted. Um, I've thought of all the movies that we have already mentioned, actually. <laughs> but en- Enchanted because of the large production numbers and because of the time cheap tone. I also thought of... Muppets Take Manhattan, which I think is a very underrated Muppets movie. I, I really like that Muppets movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Flight of the Concords. I, I, those songs, a couple of those songs could be straight out of 
Flight of the Concords episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark? Um, well, I'll try to be a little interesting because we've mentioned pretty much all the movies that this movie th- made me think of. But um, in terms of puppet films, I'll call out another film that had puppets in it that has absolutely nothing to do with Jim Henson. In fact, it's probably about as far removed from Jim Henson as you can be. Is it Meet the Feebles? No, uh. it's Team America, World Police. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's its a completely different kind of puppet film, but it, it I did enjoy it a lot. So I, I'll just, I, I'll mention that. Abe? Besides all the Muppet films, uh, interestingly enough, I thought of Hot Fuzz mostly just because of, uh, just at the end of Hot Fuzz, they have the whole entire, well, there's the, the stupid point of why they're doing all that weird the self-aware stuff. self-aware nature. Yeah, the self-aware that? nature. And then the other thing I thought of was Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> with the dance numbers, and that was it. But, yeah, mostly the Muppets movies. <laughs> uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall came to my mind simply because that's you know, kind of the movie where Jason Siegel proved that he really oh, has yeah. a fascination with Muppets with his whole Dracula puppet musical that he had at the end of that film, which is also amazing. If there was, a, if there was an actual Dracula puppet musical, I would, I would go out and see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like forgetting Sarah Marshall, actually, so that made, it made me happy to see Jason Siegel follow that up with like his dream come true of making his own Muppet movie. But, um, yeah, uh, that's... Yeah, okay. Let's uh, move on then um, to to Hugo, actually, because Abe and I saw Hugo, and we feel it's worth discussing because it's you know it's a new Martin Scorsese movie, so why not? Um, and here, I'm gonna play a little bit of the trailer for Hugo. What's your name, boy? Hugo. Hugo Cabray. from his past. Who built him? I would think a magician. The most complicated one I've ever seen. Can we fix him? Of course we can fix him. <laughs> a mysterious connection. Hey! Where did you get this? I need it to fix something. This is marvelous. A secret. What is that? I think it's a message from my father. Why would my key fit into your father's machine? To finding his way home. This is a treacherous place. Do you understand? Watch your step. So we could get into trouble. That's how you know it's an adventure. All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer for Hugo, the new Martin Scorsese movie set in 1930s Paris about a young boy named Hugo Cabaret, who is an orphan living in the train station. And aside from managing all the clocks in the train station, he spends his time basically finding small parts in order to rebuild a broken automaton, which he and his father were once working on before his father, who was played by Jude Law, is uh, kind of dies in an accident. And uh, so now Hugo spends his time finding parts and managing all the clocks in the building while also avoiding the train inspector, played by Sacha Baron Cohen. And um, he meets up with a eccentric girl played by Chloe Moretz, who is very, very book smart, but seeking, she's, she's very adventurous. She wants to be on an adventure with Hugo and she finds the opportunity to. And um, during all of this, um, Ben Kingsley plays a toy, sh- a toy maker. And uh, he seems to have more of a connection with Hugo than anybody might suspect. And adventures and some kind of nostalgic type plot elements come into play as the story of Hugo gets unfolded. So Abe, what did you think of Hugo? I super enjoyed this movie um, to like the nth degree. I came in, not really, I saw the trailer and I wasn't really too keen on it, but uh, I went to go see it in 3D and 
fantastic. The story is the story is fantastic. Ben Kingsley gives a terrific performance. Um, the the 3D is very well done. There's uh, it's not overly used, but at the same time, it's well used. Um, I think the only drawback is maybe some some performances from Chloe Moretz and the boy who plays Hugo. But um, I think that it must have been based on a book because she uses a lot of like it is triple syllabic words that nobody would write in a in a modern screenplay, and uh, it's just fantastic. The audience that I went to go see it with was a little bit more mature, and so we all understood the jokes. We we loved it. Um, the story itself is very captivating. It, it's it's I, I'm not really too sure how to encapsulate it, but it's just very uh, it's like a history of film and also. A history of, of a man, um, and it's it's more than you think. And to be lame, it's more than meets the eye. But um, I was incredibly enthralled with this film. It's I cannot heap enough more praise on it. I mean, people should really go out and see this movie. Um, it is a well done movie, and I was really surprised that Martin Scorsese did this movie. Uh, I kept on thinking that oh, there's got to be like some gruff moments, but it's very tender throughout. Um, and it's just overall fantastic. Well done. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed this movie as well. The um, there's two way there's two things to talk about mainly in this movie. I think one is the very whimsical story that's being told, which I think is quite good. And yes, it is based on a book. And actually, I kind of disagree about Chloe Moretz's performance just because she would use those words because she's she reads books all day. That's what she does. That's why she knows those kind of words. Yeah, but I'm that's saying why, like that's why she would talk that way. Yeah, but I'm saying like the. Uh like nobody would write that in terms of like a screenplay like you know clandestine well, that's that's but that's how she would speak though yeah she, yeah i agree with that yeah. she's very much showing off in that respect yeah. that she knows these words because she, that's her character which i loved yeah but yeah it was, anyway but the, the 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 um yeah the story the stories it's it this is not a kids movie necessarily it's a movie that's pg and it involves kids but it's very much a movie about about the birth of cinema in a lot of ways. And uh, it's something that you, if you didn't know Martin Scorsese directed this movie, after watching it and seeing his name pop up in the credits, you'd be like, of course he made this movie. Even though it's not a dark, like R-rated movie, it has all the things that he loves in it. He's a huge film fanatic in general. He loves the history of cinema and that's all in this movie. And in the character that Ben Kingsley plays, who's like an actual real life figure, he's one of like the pioneers of modern filmmaking and, the way that his story is incorporated into this film and how Martin Scorsese kind of recreates some of the early works of that man's career. Um, it's really interesting. Like, and it's not like in a boring way or like in a, this is just us teaching you things in the really boring history class way. It's really inventive and in how it kind of, what it does for this film and for this story. Yeah. It's hard to say this is a kid's movie. I, I would say that kids can enjoy this movie. I think kids are smarter than people think, but um it's very much a movie that adults can certainly appreciate in a lot of the same ways that you can appreciate the Muppets actually, just because of kind of the nostalgia that's involved in both films. And is for the three as as for the three D goes, I think this is the best three D I've ever seen in a live action movie. Better than Avatar. Better than I guess whatever other great three D movies have come out in the recent years. I mean, even even James Cameron has admitted that he absolutely thinks that Martin Scorsese's found a way to handle this format the best way possible. And it's it's a matter of it's really interesting how he used it. It's not in a way where it's like over the top and showy right. where he's just throwing things at the camera, but it's also not in the way where like 
in the beginning, you kind of, you notice it and you're like, oh, that's cool. But then you just kind of forget about it along the way. I think I was engaged throughout because of the way 3D is used in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like somehow makes the depth of field like is constantly, you're constantly aware of it. There's the, the, the train station that this movie set in, you're constantly like within that station and it makes it very apparent that this is here and he shot it this way for a reason that makes it feel like it's coming alive. Yeah. And it also even plays into the film in a way where it, kind of covers like early 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 cinema and how audiences upon seeing like the first movie were actually frightened of like seeing like a train Train, coming at them and the way this movie kind of has odes to that has odes to things like buster keaton's old like stunt work it just like it's really fascinating i was really like that was a lot of my curiosity of this film of just seeing what martin scorsese could do with a 3d feature and he's pulled it off completely Like it, they, given the that we have all these all these three D movies coming out constantly converted, just looking bad, and even ones that are shot in it, it's just kind of like, why did you do it this way? Why does Harold and Kumar need to be in three D? All these things, it, it that's nothing compared to anything that Hugo has to offer because it's just so well utilized. So, right. in that respect, it's great. It's a technical accomplishment. It's a wonderful story. The act, the Ben Kingsley in particular, among the actors who I think are all quite good in this movie, mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley does like some of his best work in a long time. It's given that I've seen him in a lot of movies where he's just kind of slumming it, but here he's like giving better it than the whackness. Ben, <laughs> better than, that's not that he's pretty good in the whackness, but I think uh. he's, yeah, I, I I think he's pretty good in the whackness, but uh, I he's just really good in this yeah, in is. this movie. And uh, you really Sasha feel Bert, like the passion coming through in um, for sure, yeah. yeah. I think Sasha Baron Cohen, who's kind of the foil to Hugo as the train inspector who's quick to round up an, or- an orphan if he sees one, he gets a lot of fun physical comedy to do, and I think he re- he really plays it well. I like I I, I like Sasha Baron Cohen enough where I don't like I don't like see him as Borat or as yeah. Bruno. I just see him as a as a fun character actor. He, I think he knows how to like kind of pull these things off, and he has a lot to do. He has like a he was like a soldier, so he has kind of a leg. He has a he has a it's leg wound that, yeah. that won't heal. So he has like this very squeaky mechanical thing on one leg that so he walks around with. It just it, he makes the most of these kind of things. It's just Christopher Lee's in this movie in a small. It's just about, like it's just it's just a lot of great things. Yeah, here. I really How like, about Emily Mortimer. Yeah, Emily Mortimer's role. Yeah, I mean I Emily really Mortimer's like, role is not. It's not very large, but she, she's just uh, effective in yeah. it. Yeah, about all those roles and about all those uh, side stories, they were all handled very well it was fantastic nothing overplayed or nothing overstepped any boundaries um it all fit together i think the only one that i really kind of had somewhat of a slight issue with was just christopher lee and just as a as a, as a librarian um i wish he had more to do yeah i, I agree with that too and um, maybe it's it's spelled out more in the book but yeah i'm just a little curious as to his character but everything is well handled i love the lighting in this movie too the lighting is and uh it, it's very like soft and uh rustic so to so to say it, it's very i don't know it just overall it just it's a great looking movie and yeah it's the, uh, the movie is just this the storyline itself is just fantastic i know the budget is quite it's for especially for scorsese movie, it's a quite high budget and even if it like because i know it didn't do quite well because it's a, it's a really it's kind of a weird movie to kind of get like families to go out in droves to see but with that said i think the um I think all the money's on screen, which is something I always like to see in a movie like this, where it has like this budget where you're like, why does it need to cost this much? And for Hugo, it certainly seems apparent that everything was spent on this movie, on this, 
the budget was spent on this movie for a reason. Everything comes together. It's just the way it's, yeah, like like you said, the way it's lit, the world that's created here, with the train station, how everything comes together. It's it's just a great great production values and art design, costumes, and just all the everything about how this world is designed is really rings true. Mm-hmm. We could we could we can just jump to retro view first, okay. just because we can do a rating next. But uh, actually, actually, the movie I thought of a lot was Amelie. Actually, mm, yeah. Um, in terms of having like all these different characters that are kind of affected by the leads and the way, once again, how colorful the movie is and how, especially for being a, once again, being a 3D film and, you know, how they're always usually, you know, get dimmed because of 3D. It actually, it didn't feel that way watching this movie. It felt like they, same way, like same as how uh, James Cameron is very specific about Avatar, making sure that it was very bright all the way through. I think Hugo followed suit in that, where it was constantly just alive with colors and, yeah. Yeah. Um, two movies I thought of. One was The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Ooh, good choice. And the other was Big Fish, um, for the reasons of the, the storytelling. But, yeah, Baron Munchausen, I was just thinking, man, if the, this this movie is not as crazy as Baron Munchausen, but it's kind of along the same lines of they're trying to tell a story of these really old stories. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just very well done. So rush out and go see it. Yeah, okay, where would you put it on that, that rating, Abe? It's a theater, uh, yeah, definitely high theater, yeah. Yeah, for for me as well, go see go see this movie in the theaters. I, yeah, I'd, love, I'd love more people to see this movie just because it's, it's such a unique experience, I think, especially because, you know, you, not everyone can see this movie in 3D. So, I, like, I, I've never recommended movies to see in 3D before beyond maybe maybe Avatar, but, I mean, that's kind of, that seems like an extenuating circumstance. I think Hugo is a movie that I would easily recommend mm-hmm. to see in the way that it was shot, which is in 3D. I think it just, everything comes together well that way. Right. The drive angry of Scorsese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's not a scene where just, like, Hugo just gets the crap beat out of him. There is a scene where, there's a scene where Hugo and Chloe Moretz put Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, head in a vice. And, um, his <laughs> eye wants to play out. a game. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis comes and just stabs him at the end. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. Hugo, uh, yeah. Another is soft. It's been a very good week for movies. It's, yeah. I was yeah. very happy with all the releases that came out this week. Actually, it must be one of the reasons why next week there's nothing. Yeah, because they they shot their load on Thanksgiving week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on now to uh, well, Abe's other favorite segment of the show, beyond the box office. It's a little little time we call game time. nicely done this week well i try you know so sometimes i bring it big sometimes i like to play it smooth all of this matters okay so uh our first game i think uh matt i think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna headline this one for us okay sure so this is a game that i've somewhat invented called alternate taglines which is is basically movies have it's a variation on a game you guys used to play where you would just read the tagline of a movie and then you'd have to guess uh, what that movie is, but these are basically taglines that I've created um, for various movies, and then you have to guess what that movie is based off my tagline. So this is part uh, movie knowledge, this is part a window into my psyche, um, so I, I don't know which of you has an advantage, um, but that's that's how the game is played. Okay, uh, great. Okay. Um, so, this, so I'm going to give categories now to help you out. Um, the category is mildly offensive racial humor. <laughs> okay. Mildly 
inoffensive racial humor. The tagline is Boat Trip, the prequel. Boat Trip, the prequel. Is it radio? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good guess. A prequel to Boat Trip that's mildly offensive in a racial way. I, I have no idea. Have to, yeah, I'd have to give up. The, the movie is Amistad. I was, I was thinking that. <laughs> well, now we have an idea of how this game works. <laughs> that one was tough. That one was tough. This one's a little easier. The category is Amy Adams movies. Okay. And narrows it down. Don't go to her IMDb page. Yeah, Abe. What? I gave that up a long the, time ago. The tagline is like Angela's ashes without the laughs. This one you guys should get. In the fighter? Oh, close. 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 But much worse. (laughs) Oh, leap year. Yeah. I actually saw that film too. Was it funnier than Angela's ashes? It was not. It wasn't very (laughs) good. Probably not. Yeah, I, I never saw Angela Ashes, but um, but no, it was a leap year was actually supposed to be kind of funny. That's why it yeah. came out in January, right? Yeah, I, I watched the first half of it. It was pretty terrible. Well, <laughs> well you, you'll never know what happened then. If they... that's that's true. Yeah, no, I'm sure there was a big twist at the end of leap year. <laughs> it wasn't actually a leap year. That's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I counted my days all wrong. Damn it. <laughs> Um, okay, do you guys still want to go? That's yeah, go give us one more. We have to get one of these. Well, okay. we, well without, like, long periods of silence. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the, the category here is uh, Florida Fu Manchu. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Florida, Florida Fu Manchu. So the, the state of Florida and then the facial hair configuration known as the Fu Manchu. Go on. <laughs> And the tagline is, Michael Mann shoots an entire movie on his camera phone. Well, that's my advice. Nice. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a good tagline. Yeah, that's, that's what it should have been. <laughs> Miami Fumanchu. Florida Fumanchu. That's good. Okay. There were scenes of that movie where I was like, what are you shooting this on? I don't understand what... It's, it's real. It was real. <laughs> I know it was real. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's let's do let's do a couple yeah. rounds of knockout. Okay. Cool. All right. I'll I'll start I'll start it off. So it will go Abe, Matt, Mark. Okay. All right. Good. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Jack Black. School of Rock. Nacho Libre. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda Two. Oh, sorry. I thought Aaron was supposed to go. Um. Oh. Uh, year one. Uh, uh, the Muppets. Uh, oh. oh. That angry. <laughs> Hell of a Shovels. Uh, the, the Holiday. Uh, Shallow How. Uh, was he in the Jackal? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. King Kong. Um, oh. Someone <laughs> with John. More like no! John. I want to know. Oh, I know. Let me know that. 
He was in Enemy of the State, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Orange County. Oh. No, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, you're out. Abe was thinking of High Fidelity. That's what you couldn't name. Yeah. Because that's one of my yeah. favorite movies. Yeah, okay. that was a good movie. Okay, Abe, you're out. So you go. Uh, okay. Mark, you won, by the way. Oh. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> okay, we'll go me, Matt, Mark. You, Aaron, Matt, and then Mark. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me go with Harrison Ford. Oh. Air Force One. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Star Wars. The Conversation. Uh, Witness. Um, uh, what Lies Beneath. Mosquito Coast. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last of <laughs> uh, Patriot Games. Clear and Present Danger. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> uh, working Girl. Apocalypse Now. Um, oh man. Uh, can I do the other Ooh. Star Wars movie? Sorry, you're you're out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did, did, did we do Blade Runner? Nope. Okay, Blade Runner. Um, American Graffiti. Ooh, good one. Um, Frantic. Morning Glory. I guess I'm Morning Glory before you said it. <laughs> what? So, did you say one? I said Morning Glory. After I said you're out. <laughs> oh. I, was, I said it as you were saying it. Fine, I'm out. Congratulations, Mark. You're playing two. Let's do one more, keep it fresh, and Mark's, Mark will name one this time since he's won two. Chris Cooper, is that too obscure? No, I like that. Okay, good. Okay, adaptation. American Beauty. Uh, Siriana. Right? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, I had to think about it. Um, the uh, Breach. The Muppets. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Money Train. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I won with Money Train. <laughs> Can't believe Money Train was there. <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to. Look, I want to look up other Chris Cooper roles just to see what That's I missed. What I'm missed. doing right <laughs> now. Where the wild God. things are. He was my favorite wild thing, and where the wild things are. Mm. Move on. Okay, so we'll be gone. That was our. Uh, game time so let's uh, move on to next week okay so uh next week we're going to talk about the descendants and um do a little awards talk with mark johnson since he writes on that subject matter so uh yeah that should be fun and um since we tend to do box office here but nothing's opening up new next week um why don't we just try to predict what the muppets will make next weekend again <laughs> i have a feeling the muppets will probably come in first place next weekend just because nothing else is opening and twilight's not going to hold on for three weeks in a row at this point just going to keep dropping because that's what those movies tend to do I'll go first, even, Abe. How oh, about yeah. that? Like that one? That's good. Cool, Abe. I, I, cool I tried that last oh, week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to make another $22 million next week. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, I don't know if it's going to be first. I'm going to say I'm gonna say it's going to drop to third, but it's going to hang on with about $18 million. What's it going to be behind? I'm curious. It's going to be behind Twilight and Happy Feet 2. You're serious? No, maybe Arthur Christmas. I hope it's Hugo. You you think Happy Feet Two is gonna go over no, no, the Muppets? It's, it's not going to. I was just I was just filling in. So I, I'm gonna say 18 million. No, I, I think Arthur Christmas is gonna be number one. Really? 
No, I'm kidding. I mean, it could be. I mean, you never know. Like, so I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, actually, twenty. I was gonna guess twenty million. So I mean, I, it sounds like I'm just undercutting you, but I, that's yeah. Matt. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say second, second place actually. At, I, I think second. Yeah. Yeah, second place at nineteen. I, I don't. I think you underestimate the Twihards, Aaron. I think it's gonna still be yeah. number one. You could say that, but Twilight dropped seventy percent this weekend from its last weekend opening grosses. It's gonna keep dropping. The Muppets has is is going to build up tons of word, tons of words word of mouth at this point. It's got nowhere to go but up, I think. Right. I I, I agree that the Muppets has got legs, so that probably will stay there for a while. They're wearing fart shoes. <laughs> right. Well, we'll we'll see next week. We all one thing's for sure: it made more than twelve million, as as Gerard predicted. So. Based on your review of Hugo, I'd like to see Hugo like start Same. making a little bit more yeah. money. It should make like tons of scratch. It'd be it'd be not, I mean I can tell you it didn't open in many. It opened in a considerably less amount of theaters than any of the other new releases did this week. So that's contributed to why it didn't make as much money and because it's kind of obscure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like it. I I, I think it'll have like just because it is very, it's been very well received. So I, I'd like to think that it's going to stick around for, you know, at least a little while. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. You can find all my written reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com, where you can find my written movie reviews as well as Blu-ray reviews. And you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? People can find more of my work at walrusmoose.blogspot.com. Two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. That ever-popular Twitter Indeed. page, Matt? <laughs> Um, you can find more of my stuff at unemployedmat.blogspot.com. If you're into sports, comedy, and satire, you can go to Boshi's Oversized Pillow.blogspot.com. It's a bad sign if I can't pronounce it. Um, <laughs> her handle is Robot Zombie Army. Mark? Uh, you can find more of my work at fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com. That's fastfilmreviews, all one word. And uh, also on Twitter at Mark underscore Hoban. Great. And yeah, make sure you can find all our other shows on iTunes at the HHWLOD.com, where you can find our show as well as other great shows that are on there with a bunch of fun guys who like to talk about comics and movies and games and whatnot. You can find some of our episodes at outnow.podomatic.com, a few of the newest episodes along with a few exclusives. Uh, You can also email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com, or you can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. You can like our page, you can feel free to comment and you know participate in our contest which i mentioned way early on and uh yeah so plenty of ways to to listen to more of our episodes um music for this podcast will be provided by the muppet soundtrack so look forward to that in the outro at least probably been hearing some things already but uh yeah until next time that's uh that's the show for the evening ladies and gentlemen so good night adios bye bye everyone bye Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to I know they're wrong, wait and see Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection The lovers 
the dreamers and me. Something that I'm supposed to be 